You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Rest is Football question and answer episode with me, Gary Lineker, Micah Richards and Alan Shearer. Are you ready for some good questions, chaps? Let's go. We're ready. We're ready. Fire away. Let's go. These have all come via our newsletter. If you've not signed up to it yet, please do so. Just go to the restisfootball.com. And um, these are the first questions we've had from the newsletter. So we thought we'd do it exclusively from those, particularly this week. So let's start with Dominic. He asks, if Real Madrid joined the Premier League for this season, would they win the title? Thank you and greetings from the Czech Republic. Well, they'd struggle because um, it's already January. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it, I think it obviously means from the start of the season, you could, I suppose, not just Real Madrid, but um, someone else. I think a Real Madrid side of five, six years ago um, would have had a hell of a chance of winning the league. I suspect this particular Real Madrid side would be a little bit short. I don't know. If they join next year and they've got Mbappe, maybe. That's a good shout, yeah. <laughs> Mbappe, Bellingham, Vinicius Jr. would just take some stopping, wouldn't they? <laughs> it's, it's not fair, that, is it? It's just not fair. Uh, I would probably say no, because it's still got to adapt to the, the, the Premier League. It's just, it's tough, isn't it? But, yeah, I would say no. I'd say second or third. Yeah, they'd certainly be competitive. There's no question uh, about that. Question from Ugo. Since AFCON is on, uh, asides from JJ Okocha and Yaya Toure, who are the best African footballers you played with, against or watched in the Premier League? Um, Well, we've watched a lot of great ones, haven't we? Including and still got with Mo Salah is here. Uh, I'd I'd mention Riyad Mahrez, obviously. Drogba. Drogba, unquestionably. Played against him uh, very early when he was at Marseille. I didn't see many people give uh, Jonathan Woodgate the runaround, but uh, he gave him a tough time when he knew he was going to be something special. Um, He was brilliant, he was. Unbelievable. 
I can't think of any that I actually played with. I've played against, obviously, some some great ones, um, particularly in World Cups against Cameroon. Roger Miller. Roger he was, Miller. Um, Miller the dancing. Oh, the dancing <laughs> when they, by the corner flag. He used to, <laughs> no, I can't do it. I don't know. I'm even trying. Micah, you, you would have played with many, many um, African players, including Yaya. Yaya Torre, the best. We, we've talked about him a lot. But the question I wanted to ask you guys, since we're talking about African players, Radaby, Lucas Radaby, yeah. Alan. Lucas Radaby, yeah, played against him, always scored against him. <laughs> <laughs> Yakubu was good. Adebayo, 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 Golo yeah. Torre. There were some great African players mm. around in my time. The, the African Cup of Nations is, is proving very entertaining at the moment. Um, Nige. Nige says, when playing against mates or international colleagues in club matches, uh, e.g. Allen versus Razor Rudder, Gary mm. versus Des Walker, Micah versus... Zabaleta, well, you played with him. Actually, you were against him in many ways, but in a different different way. Uh, Was there much friendly crack or joking, or was it as if you didn't know each other and and just had a battle until after the game? Any friendships lost due to what went on in the game or all forgotten? That's got to be all forgotten, hasn't it? I mean, you you might say things before and during that. That's fine, and we know what happened with me and Razor when we came to, well, nearly came to blows on the pitch, but then afterwards, it's like... what? No, tell us why I'm, Alan. Tell us why I'm with you and Razor. Well, we were uh, still, I mean, decent good friends that used to live near each other down in Southampton and when he was at Liverpool and I played in, in Blackburn, and then we played Liverpool, Blackburn at Ewood Park, and there was, you know, there's unusual banter going on, and this is going to happen, and... And honestly, we came with a crunch and tackle. He tried to do me, like he stood on me. So we, we both got up and sort of grabbed each other by the throat and the top. And I'm thinking, oh my God, what's going on here? But then we shook hands afterwards and had a pint in the uh, in the players' lounge. When you have a little scuffle like that with someone that you know, is there a moment where you're both in each other's faces where you think, what the fuck am I doing here? <laughs> was, you, yeah, or you're yeah. a, bit, like, a bit cringe or awkward? Or Honestly, I've got him by the scruff of the neck and I'm thinking, I'm godparent to one of his kids here. I'm trying <laughs> to... <laughs> 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 uh, it's like, oh God, yeah. But then, as I said, I, I, I had a pint afterwards. It was soon forgotten. <laughs> you had any of those, Micah? With, with no, someone I, that you actually I, I know? I was a lover, not a fighter, you know. Honestly, it takes me a, a, a while to go. Big Meats is a lover. Everyone knows that. But I did play against Daniel Sturridge. I was at Villa and he was at Liverpool. And we was together in the academy at Man City and he was the, the, the main player back then. But every time he used to play against me, I used to just go hard and crunch him early doors. <laughs> but like, he was always intelligent. So he always used to peel off into little spaces where I wouldn't want to go. And, I, and he never used to get past me. I used to foul him anyway, if he did get past me. And then fast forward a couple of years, I'm texting him the night before. Right, uh, I'm field, and I'm te- I'm gonna smash you tomorrow. Absolutely <laughs> destroy you. I've got your number. I was I was your boss in the academy. I was the captain. You bow to me. So tomorrow, yeah. let's see. <laughs> Honest to God, yeah. the first time he got the ball, he absolutely twisted me, and I was like, <laughs> "This is not the same Daniel Sturridge I remember from the academy. He was just a." different level and you know what he didn't speak to so I'm trying to speak to him throughout the game thinking horrible you know like getting his head he wouldn't speak to me and then soon as he scored he scored or assisted in the game he just looked at me 
just <laughs> laughed. <laughs> and then I, I text him after and say, don't speak to me for a couple of days. <laughs> I don't think I ever faced up to anyone. I was just worried they might hit me. Uh, <laughs> Des Walker is always a chatterbox, though, on on the pitch. When he mentions Des Walker in, his, in the in the question, and um, he was he was always chatty whenever we played. And I, used to, you know, Cluffy always getting him to man mark me, so I'd take him out wide, and he's going, "Oh, you're doing that again," and all this. <laughs> He'd be just chatting away, but never, never. Any, I don't think I had anything nasty with anyone that the actual players that I I knew. Best way to beat them, I always thought, was banging it in the net. Right. A question from Chris Orm. Are there any unexpected perks to being a footballer or pundit that don't get talked about, but actually make the job even sweeter? Uh, be careful what we say here because we work for the BBC and whatever we say, don't forget the taxpayers' money. So let's just say when you work for PLP, Alan, or when you work for, for Sky and Gary, when you're doing... One of your podcasts. Perks. What perks do you get then, Micah? <laughs> what perks do you? I don't get any perks of the BBC. I won't go and hide anything. The only thing we do get is um, when, we're, when we're in on a Saturday at Match of the Day, and I do the same every single week. I don't know about you, Alan. I think Alan's a similar and, and possibly mine. We have a big table under, like it, a big table, and on it are like chocolates and sweets. Oh, no. And crisps and stuff like that. And every week I go, obviously I'm gonna I'm gonna eat the crisps anyway, regardless. But every week I said, right, leave the chocolate alone, leave the chocolate alone. <laughs> and even before the three o'clock game kicks off, I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. And once you're in, it's like you're off all day and eating the chocolate. So I mean, I'm not sure whether that's a perk. But that's about as much as you'll get from. And then you from wake the up bead. Sunday morning thinking, "Why the fuck did I eat all I that chocolate for?" <laughs> you the same, are you? Yeah, it's just <laughs> everyone yeah. does it. Just sitting in there. What about your perks um, at CBS, Michael? Because there's always talk about salaries here. Just let you finish. We, you know, we all um, know that CBS and, and uh, well, basically Television America um, has, let's say much huger perks than we get <laughs> so in terms of salaries they've got deep pockets <laughs> phrases. no i would just say we're going to the super bowl oh yes went you that soon isn't it yes it's in a couple of weeks have you been before um i've been to vegas before but i couldn't possibly tell you the last time i was in vegas probably because you can't remember <laughs> It's not for our. It's not for our listeners. <laughs> I think they disagree. <laughs> Maybe we should do a live podcast once from Vegas. Come on, oh, see if we can get it going. Yeah, that's a, that's not a bad idea. Here's a question from Sam Dowson: Who are the three most famous, most impressive people you have met and shaken hands with? I want to see which one of you can make the best top three. That reminds me, actually, of um, Danny Baker used to play a game. He says he, he, which he thought he was unbeatable at, called handshake poker, where I think he, I think it was five top names for him. <laughs> but we'll do that. The top three most famous people that you've ever shaken hands with: David Beckham. Oh, we've all done that. We've <laughs> 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 all done that. I mean, the, the Queen. The Queen. Yeah, I've done that as well. The Alan. King. Yeah, the King. Yeah, I've done that as well. The Prince. We're not topping that then, are we? Yeah. Are we? This is world famous. All right, I'll throw one in that might just top that. Go on. Nelson Mandela. Oh, yes. Oh, that's a goodie, that's a isn't it? Nelson that's Mandela. Hey, I missed hey. him. He went, we went on the pre-season tour to South Africa and I was injured, shock. And they all got to meet him 
Oh, I was absolutely gutted. I missed him. Impressive. All right, I'm going to throw another one in here. Not bad. I'm going a bit further afield. Spielberg. Mm, very good. Very, very good. That's, that's not bad. Come yeah. on, you guys get a bit of competition going here. I'm right. just walking it. It's too easy. <laughs> it's too easy, this game. Yeah. You have got an extra 20 years on us. When we get to that age, we might have been shaking hands with a few more famous people. And Barbara Streisand. There's yes. another had dinner with Barbara. Barbara Streisand. There you go. Yeah, so, posh. Very and the good. winner is... <laughs> <laughs> Take it, hands down. Ken asks what is the most unfair thing you have ever seen a manager do to a player you don't have to name names if you can't although it would be great if you could uh, but would be good to hear some examples Ooh, Ooh, blimey i told you about the story didn't i when chris nickel chucked a pint of milk yeah. glass at the wall in the dressing room with mark dennis yeah and then had a huge fight with him the next day because Mark came in back with his, I think he came back with his dad and his brother to fight the manager. <laughs> with his dad and his brother? Yeah, the next, the next day he came in, yeah. Because he accused him of not giving his all and there was a huge fight and there was glass all over the, the dressing room for all and then them, everyone was off the next day but I was in as an apprentice cleaning all the shit up and Mark Dennis came in with his dad and his brother to fight the manager. <laughs> Alan, I've got I've got to ask you to tell. I mean, I know you. I think you told it years ago on on on, on something else. That the other one that he did, where he goes around the the dressing room. Oh yeah, Chris he Nichol. accused everyone of uh, like yeah. There was like I don't know. Everyone sat there and he's gone absolutely berserk at everyone. And he sort of he goes around the dressing room and he goes, shit, shit, shit. And he got to I think it was Tim Flowers and he went wanker. <laughs> <laughs> shit shit it's, it's, I think he's coming to me in a minute yeah, oh yeah, god yeah. brilliant and did he come to you come to me he went okay oh listen <laughs> teacher's pet oh, teacher's no, I was pet. actually only a youngster I was petrified what he was going to come and say or do to me that was a tough dressing room to be brought up the Jock Wallace one with me when he pinned me up against the dressing room wall was, <laughs> which I've, I've told the story many times. That was probably the worst thing that ever happened to me when I thought my career was over. Mike, any examples? I'm a lover, could... not a fighter. Not, no, not you. He says to, to any any players. Apart from merely fighting, man, yeah. I've told about Mancini and, yeah. and Balotelli many times. I, I think the most demoralising is from when a manager sends you to train with the reserves or the under 23s. Mm. It doesn't have to be physical. You know, like you're a professional footballer, you work so hard to get to this place. And then you're training with like under 23s. Some of the players are like 16, 17. Did that ever happen to you, Mike? Yes, I was. Um... So basically, long story short, my knee was not what it was supposed to be under Remy Gard. Remy Gard messed up my knee. And then Di Matteo came in, tried to give me a chance. I broke down. And then Steve Bruce came in, give me a chance. I got injured in the first game with my hamstring. So afterwards, we sort of had a conversation like, what do you want to do? Do you want to get paid up or do you want to... And I was like, no, I, w I want to fight for my... My, my position and he was like oh well let's see and then Steve Bruce let me train for a while and then Bruce left then Dean Smith came and like I, I think we had this conversation before but John Terry was now the assistant manager and I'm speaking to all the lads in the, in the, in the dressing room and all that I think I'm having a stormer in training I get the curly finger I think you know I'm part <laughs> of the plants and then 
JT said the gaffer wants to see you. And JT, you know what? JT, I'm calling you out, JT. You was my mate. You was my man. I, you know what I mean? You was in the dressing room with me. He could have just told me, look, you know, it's bad news. He, he, he let the suspense go on for a while. And Dean Smith goes basically said to me, your knee's not right. You're slowing down the play. I think it's... <laughs> You're waiting for good news. <laughs> and I, think, I think it's I think it's best if you go train with the under twenty three. Oh, and then yeah. I go back into the dressing room. <laughs> I go back to the, into the dressing room, and all the players said, "Are you in with the lads? Are you in with the lads?" And I said, "Yeah, I'm in. I'm in with the lads. You know, the, 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 the gaffer wants to have another look at me. Two minutes ago, he's told me to go train with the twenty threes. I've only lied to the lads." <laughs> What a embarrassment! Because you were too ashamed to tell them, really. Embarrassment! I couldn't tell them. I couldn't tell them. I was too embarrassed to tell them. And then you know what it was? It was like, so now I've told them, and I'm like believing my own lies. So I come in. I get in about seven thirty, eight o'clock, and I say to the physio, "Look, I don't want to train with the twenty threes. I'm not with the. I'm not with the first team now." Could can we just have an agreement where you basically <laughs> 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 I am not quite ready to train and I've got to sort my hamstring and my knee out and it's brilliant. And in the end I made some story about my knee. And to be honest, a lot of the players don't even know this, you know, so they'll be uh, howling at this story. Uh, oh, honest to God. Well, we're gonna take a little breather Well, we're gonna consider your future, Mike, and whether to send you to a podcast for another. 23s. Um, we'll be back shortly. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to be more active this summer? Sierra helps you save on everything from swimsuits to stand-up paddle boards, tennis rackets to fishing tackle. And if that doesn't float your boat, we also have pool floats. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Welcome back to the Rest is Football um, question and answer episode with Mike Richards, Alan Shearer and myself, uh, Gary Lineker. Question from Anthony McMorrow. Is technique, uh, first touch, spatial awareness, peripheral vision, etc., like Phil Foden's, for example, a gift, or did he learn it and work hard at it? Who had the best techers of anyone you played with? Firstly, I think there's a mixture of um, you're born with it because, uh, you know, you, you can't become that good a footballer without having an absolute natural born talent. Um, but you also have to work hard at it and practice and practice and practice, don't you? And yeah, and it's how you grasp it and understand it if you're quicker than others. But there's no doubt you can work on, on anything. You can work on your technique, your touch and all, all of that. But yeah, you can definitely, definitely make yourself better. Yeah, uh- I would agree with that. It's, it's it's hard, isn't it? Because sometimes you see the players who are really good early doors and afterwards they're not that. And then some players 
who were not so good early doors. And then by their 16, 17, they've turned into really good players. But to have something like Foden, I think that is God-given talent. I really do. You've always got to have the attitude as well, though. Exactly. Attitude, yeah. The other part of that question was, uh, who's got the best techers that you ever played with? Techers being skills of my generation that don't know that Letizia. Letiz. Gaza. Gaza, yeah. Gaza. Gaza with the most natural. John Barnes. Scholes, Paul Scholes. Micah, who's yours? David Silva, Nazri. Yeah. Nazri, David Silva. Wonderful technique. Mm. Oliver Forbes. Now, I don't know if it's directed at all of us, but I think one person will have a better answer than the other two. Oliver Forbes says, what is the most ridiculous thing you ever purchased with your footballing wages? Micah. <laughs> Micah. <laughs> Over to you. Drum roll, please. <laughs> da, 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 da. There's so many ridiculous things I bought. Um, Honest to God. A tin of creosote. <laughs> we know we talk about money and we have to put it in context because sometimes on the podcast, we're not gloating, we're just telling you how the lifestyle is. So if you go from 500 quid a week to five grand a week, it's ridiculous, isn't it? So you, 500 quid a week, I might have got a, an iPhone, which might have been 600 quid back in the day. But then you go to five grand a week and you're getting sort of <laughs> 25 grand out of month with bonuses and everything. I remember I bought Aston Martin DB9. <laughs> convertible Ooh. and it was oh i remember the rims it was in black with cream interior and i used to drive it at night with my, my roof down and to match i bought myself a a diamond jacob watch <laughs> and i've still got it now honest to god it's worth just so nothing. you could drive with your arm out the window when the when the roof was down or the windows were down <laughs> at night time i had the shades on i had the shades on <laughs> I had, what did I have on? Back Micah, was, I just um, knew that you'd have cream seats. <laughs> I don't know why. I, just... I like that fancy lifestyle. I had cream seats. There was a, a brand called Ed Hardy. H and John will yeah. know about this. The producers will know about this. And Christine Olager. And I went to Miami and I bought the whole thing. And I had the, the Von Dutch caps and all that. And I was, I just thought I was the man. Literally. There was so much. <laughs> when did you work out, Micah, that, Perhaps you weren't the man. Uh, <laughs> probably about 21. <laughs> I, I, I very much doubt um, Alan and myself can match this, uh, those particular answers. Um, we best not even go there, Gary. We might as well just go to the next question. I think you're absolutely right. Isaac poses the question, who is one teammate that never failed to make you laugh, whether it was banter, nicknames, or just generally being clueless? Well, he wasn't clueless, but there's only one man, yeah. and I'm sure Alan's answer will be the same, and that yeah. is a certain Paul Gascoigne, Gazza, yeah. that every single day he would do something silly, funny, yeah. daft, that would have you absolutely crying with, with, with laughter. Brilliant. Well, I only had him with England. Obviously, I wasn't at a club with him, but um, 
those six or seven weeks that you spent apart, then you get you get back with him. He so certainly more than made up for the time away. He was just, yeah, he was just relentless, wasn't he? What a guy to be around him, unbelievable. You know, it's quite funny, James Milner. Ah, who who plays on the fact that he's he's supposed to be boring, James Milner, <laughs> but he's far no, from he's it. So clearly. witty. Yeah. He's so witty, like the little things that he comes out with and he's so sarcastic and he's just, yeah, he's he's got it. I think he's going to do TV when he finishes. I really do. Mm-hmm. I think he's that right. If he wants to, I yeah. mean, he's got so much money, he doesn't need to do anything. He'll probably he? play for another 10 years. Yeah, he probably would. <laughs> he'll but, get the Premier League record appearances. He's his second now, isn't he? I think he'll, second, he'll yeah. get it. Yes, indeed. Carl Hohner. Uh, I remember Alan being interviewed once and he said that one of his high performance secrets was he had a meal of chicken and beans <laughs> before every match. Uh, one, did Alan continue this for his whole career? Two, is there a normal pre-match meal now? Three, who had the weirdest pre-match meal and what was it? Well, chicken and beans is pretty, is that true? Did you get jet propelled farts around the pitch? Was that the secret? <laughs> Maybe that's why no one could keep up with me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I um I had chicken and beans once at uh, at Blackburn, yeah, and I, I just I, I think I managed to score. I scored a hat trick that day, and for some weird reason, someone asked me about my pre-match meal afterwards, and I said, "Well, yeah, I just had chicken and beans," and and then I had it for years afterwards. Yeah, my very <laughs> first pre-match meal was actually a fillet steak, and I made my Same. debut at seventeen Same. at Southampton. And the only reason I thought I had it was I looked at Jimmy Case because uh, the guy said to me, uh, what, you, what do you want for pre-match meal? Uh, and I looked, Jimmy Case, who was sat next to me, went, uh, I'll have fillet steak. And I went, bloody hell, fillet steak. I've never had it. I'll, I'll have fillet steak, yeah, from a pre-match meal. And I only had it because I never <laughs> exactly ever had it before. The same. <laughs> exactly the same. Exactly the same. I used to think, oh, what fillet steak? Oh, I love that as well. I know, probably yeah. The, probably yeah. the worst. I don't know, but it's probably one of the worst things you could probably have three hours before kickoff or something. It's all moved on now, hasn't it, Micah? Uh, Micah, what do you have? Um, pigs in blankets, about 400 of them or... <laughs> <laughs> I used to have uh, an omelette, just an omelette. Keep it nice and clean. Chicken omelette. Keep it nice and clean, yeah. Chicken omelette. It's quite an unusual filling for an omelette, isn't it? Proteins, you know? Yeah, no, I know. I get it. But Is that it's enough not for something... Big Meeks, a chicken omelette? Was that I enough know. to get you through 90 minutes, was it? 63 Easy, eggs, yeah. Al. 63 eggs. Oh, here's a good one. Slightly cheeky, but a good one from Stephen Addison. A question for Micah. Oh. As they are behind in the league... Are Bayern Munich a worse team with Harry Kane? <laughs> <laughs> very good, very yeah. good. <laughs> so what's the answer? The answer? Is, it's becoming a running joke this now, isn't it? I'll tell tell us at the, the end of the season. season. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Bayer Leverkusen dropped a couple of points with a, oh, a, no. a goalless draw the other day. So the, the, the gap is closing. Five points with the game in hand. So... I'm sure Harry can turn it around. Kevin Johnson, how much difference is there among the general fitness of outfield players in the Premier League? Um, who was the fittest player you ever played with? The fittest player? James Milner. James Milner again features. James Milner is not normal. Yeah. He's a machine. He honestly got he's just he's winning like the runs when he was like 30 odd and he's still winning runs when he was at Liverpool I'm sh- I'm sure he's still winning them at Brighton as well he's not a normal he's just a, he's a robot he's a machine mm. give me that fitness 
I'll be the, one of the greatest players ever. Um, <laughs> that took you a while to put me on. <laughs> Did you just say what I thought you said, Micah? One of the greatest players ever in my head, I said. Oh, you didn't let me finish in my head. Yeah, no, I quite like In my that. head. The, the, yes, obviously. <laughs> Only your head. I hated running. Hated. You know the pre-season runs I used to go on? When I first went to Newcastle, Kevin Keegan used to set them off on a cross-country run. And he used to set the shit runners off first. So they went first and then two minutes later, then there's the other ones and then the really fit ones were like five minutes back. And I still always used to come last. No matter how much head start I had, I was always last. And I used to shout, just get the fucking balls out, will you? Forget the running lock. I was exactly the same. Give me sprints, I could do yeah. those. And we used to do like really tough stuff with Venables, like... 200 meter sprints and then jogged the next 200 and then 200 meter sprint again did about 12 and it was killer but yeah. that was i could kind of handle that but those long runs oh just God. useless yeah, just could, didn't didn't have it in me but who the question is who were the fittest players you you've answered it i can't trying to think i did um gary speed was unbelievably fit as well he was, was he? A, he was always ones yeah. that was set off last so he could mm. he could he could he could run all day but they had the ability to match it as well, bless him. Yeah, I would say maybe someone like Brian Robson. Just It's those box-to-box -box players yeah. that just run forever exactly. all day, um, possibly Brian. Here's one, that I, and I saw this as well, um, Tom Hall. I did, I did spot this on social media. He says, I saw on social media this week a picture of Alan with his head inside a crocodile's mouth with Arnold Schwarzenegger looking on. Utterly bizarre. Is it photoshopped or did this actually happen? Um, I imagine it was AI. You would have told us if you'd have had your head no, in a happened. crocodile's no, mouth. No, it happened. That was, I don't know, last year or, the, or the year before when I was, in, um, I was in America with the Premier League. What? Yeah, and uh, we went to, <laughs> we went to his office to uh, to Arnie's office for uh, for an afternoon, and he entertained us. You could have said Schwarzenegger in it, one of you. you yeah, handshake poker. Where I is forgot. I forgot about that. Yeah, you just reminded me. And um, he said, "Come on, this is a great photo opportunity." And I'm thinking, really, is it? And I'm laid on his floor and put. He, he got this um, this life size crocodile out from underneath <laughs> his pool table. <laughs> Come on, he said, get on the floor. It's a great opportunity. And he was lining up one of his, uh, like he was in one of his films. And I thought, I'm going to look a right dick here, by the way. This is going to well, come back did, to home. Well, you me. did, you uh, did, yeah. I, I can confirm you so did. So that was it. It was actually uh, it was actually real in his office, yeah. I honestly thought, and I did say it and I thought, that's quite a good AI job. I, I genuinely thought that cannot have possibly happened. And it did. It did, it did. Oh, that's really good. That is brilliant. David. Hi guys, in a different podcast, Patrick Bamford said he rang Gary for advice. Was that unexpected and what was it like trying to help him? Alan and Micah, have any players ever got in touch with you to ask for advice? Um, well, I should tell the story about Patrick. Yeah, a few months ago, I got a direct message on Twitter stroke X from Patrick saying he heard, I think I might have been discussing it on on here or, or with you guys he said I heard you talking about making runs and strikers how you can improve your game and he said I wondered if you know you could give me like 10-20 minutes on the on the phone at some point and perhaps give me some advice so I replied saying absolutely of course and um, swap numbers and he called me 
had 20 minutes just talking about your movement and how my whole ethos about um, gambling on attacking space. Uh, yeah, no, he was. Um, seemed like a really good guy, really smart, um, wanting to learn. And uh, I actually said to him, you are the first person. This, that's what he talked about on this podcast because I have seen the clip. I said to him, you are the first person that has ever, ever asked me an, any advice, any striker at any time, which I suppose... You know, people wouldn't do it past to be a bit too shy. They would, you know, you, that sort of thing is probably the reason. But I mean, if social media had been around when I played, and which gives you the opportunity possibly to contact, you know, players that have, have reached the top in, in your particular area, I think I would have tried to reach out a little bit and perhaps ask for a bit of advice. So. Um, but have you ever had any anything like that? I'm not saying anything that he wouldn't want me to say because he said it himself, I think, a couple of years ago. It was, no, maybe, I don't know, yeah. 18 months ago. Sean Longstaff rang about uh, goal scoring and shooting and what have you. He yeah. wanted to add more goals to his game. Yeah. And yeah. he scored on Saturday when I was there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, other than that, not, not a great deal, no. Micah? Not for football reasons. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like the counsellor, honest. Since I've retired, the amount of, I'm like, I can't even, well, people have rung me about different issues and whatnot. I need to start charging people, don't I? <laughs> what are they calling you about, Micah? Just how to deal with social media and, and, and that sort of thing. and How not to spend your money. Basically, <laughs> since that clip when I said I, I spent all that money and I turned down that big contract, people have been really? messaging me left, right and centre saying, wow. how do you manage your money and what, what is this the right thing to do and all that sort of thing. It's incredible. It's madness. Mm. But football related, no. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> I think that might be the perfect way to finish. <laughs> So uh, thank you once again uh, for your questions. Uh, much appreciated. Uh, if you'd like to ask a question for future episodes, just sign up um, to our newsletter. It's absolutely free. Just go to therestisfootball.com for all the information. Goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>